Good morning. It brings me great joy to be with all of you this morning uh, to share God's word and to just to be with Summit family. Uh, it's been a long time since I've actually spoken, but I'm usually on the other side with the youth. But I'm grateful to be here to share what God has put in my heart this morning. Um, let me just have a word of prayer and allow the Spirit of God to, to speak to us this morning. This morning, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you so much for just the opportunity for us to come this morning in your presence and also with each other. Lord, may you use this time to show us how important we are to you. I know sometimes in our lives we feel stuck. Maybe we feel tired or exhausted. Maybe our bodies are um, getting older and getting more tired. And so, Lord, may you strengthen us through your spirit, Lord Jesus. We pray all this in your name. Amen. You know, most of us would ask this question at some point in our lives. Who am I? Who am I? Let me ask you guys that question this morning. Who are you? We might think about the home that we're raised in, or maybe the town that we're raised in, or maybe the country that we live in. We also think about our, our likes, our dislikes, our skills, our abilities. But part of the answer, at least, is coming in terms with this freshly machine we drive in, that we resonate in, that we're currently embodied in. Who am I in this body? Who are you in the body that you are residing in? No, you are not just your body, but because it's the only part because people can see it. They can see you. They can see me. You guys can see me. You know, it makes a big impression on how people look at you and how you and others look at you. And the truth is, some of you at least feel shortchanged. You're maybe not very happy with what you've got, your body. The whole thing that makes this awkward is you had little choice about the basic model body you drive in, right? You're born with it. You can't go to a different, totally different body. Even with the wonders of medical science today where you can sort of change that a little bit. You're stuck with the body you've got. Or could it be that you're blessed with the one that is currently fitted to you? How do you become at home in your body so that you can enjoy the experience God has given to you? You know, our society has these high standards, and it can be very cruel to those who don't meet those standards. It's about 99% of us. But even the 1% are rarely satisfied about their bodies. You know, sometimes I have conversations with people who are like in fitness and in shape. They are unhappy as well. They keep on striving to look bigger, stronger, beautiful, handsome, attractive. But they're not happy. They keep doing it, striving 
towards it, and they would use this word beautiful to describe themselves. Maybe we need some new thoughts about our creator, our manufacturer. How do we experience God in our bodies? The first thing we need to see this is that we need to understand your body and God. When I began thinking about how God thinks about me, it kind of shook me a little. You know, when you think about yourself, you're like, oh, it kind of shakes you a little bit. Like many of you, I've heard how wonderful we are, but bringing it home to me is quite different. From early on, we can pick these beliefs about our, our bodies. You know, some are true, some are not. When I was in junior high, I was a skinny, scrawny kid. Um, I still catch myself thinking that I'm still skinny, but I think I gained some weight over the years as you get older. I used to have more hair back then. I have to remind myself many times I don't have much hair as I used to. There's a few gray hairs as you get older, and I'm sure some of us can relate to that. No, what's curious is God cares. He cares about you. He's not only concerned about your soul, which we've been talking about as we come to church, God cares about our soul, but he cares about your body. As we open Psalm 139, we learn some amazing things about his viewpoints. It's evident, for instance, that we see here in Psalm 139, verses 1 to 3, the psalmist says this, You have searched me and know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise. You read my thoughts from far away. You watch me and I, when I travel and when I rest. If it's not so much trouble this morning, I want to invite all of us to stand up. Just stand up, okay? Okay, you guys can have a seat. <laughs> you know, that's not a real profound illustration, but God was watching you stand up and sit down. He sees your every movement. Okay? He sees every flex in your muscles. He knows when you wink your eye, or raise your eyebrow. He does an inventory of every single hair on your head. Nothing about your body is hidden from him. Not only does this, he takes interest in your movements, he's totally familiar with your movements. The theme that we picked up again here in Psalm 139, verses 10 to 12, it says this, you are familiar with all my ways. If I say, let the darkness hide me and let the light around me turn into night, even the darkness is not too dark for you. Night is as bright as day, darkness and light as the same to you. You know, he knows your habits, he knows your quirks, you know, when you're in an interview, and I get this tendency a lot, when you get nervous, your leg shakes. 
My leg shakes a lot. Even when I was sitting up there getting ready to speak God's word to you this morning, my leg was shaking. You know, God knows that. He knows the nervous bounce of your leg. You know, when you sit in nervousness, he knows when your hand's shaking, he knows those trembles and things like that. He knows that twitch on your face. He knows about it. You know, some things are quirks and some things are embarrassing. When we speak, we have that lips or we stutter and things like that. He knows those movements in your mouth. You may hope to keep some of those hidden or hiding or you don't want to show. Maybe there's a scar on your body. Maybe there's a tattoo that you regret and you should have not put that tattoo on because it's permanent. I think these days they have things that you can remove it, but I heard it's a, a, a painful procedure. Maybe there's a habit that you do. You know, he's familiar with how you use your body as you are. For some, that's uncomfortable and that's understandable. We might feel as everyone is watching and judging us all the time. Oh, that person's looking at me. I feel so judged. We think that every single zit on my hair or my face, people notice that. Every hair that's out of place, others are not usually so hard on us as we think. Is that how God watches us to judge? Is this blazing, exposing light to embarrass and to shame you? You know, God's life is not for that purpose. It's more than an operating light on a surgical table. If there are things that need to be healed, that is what he wants to do. Another thing we need to hold on to this is this. God created us beautifully. I'm going to say this again, and I'll say it again. God has created you beautifully. Remember that. Imagine those first days of life before you were even born. It's always warm, it's rather quiet, somewhat dark, but yet moving and very alive. Your new life is about to dawn as your mother's body provides every nutrients you need. In our passage this morning, in Psalm 139, it says this in verse 14. It says, thank you. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. And how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. God has so much invested in the body that you live in, regardless of what age you are. He knit it together wonderfully. You were woven together by the master's hands. His master-minded possessed the cause, the cells to join together wherever it's needed. The ligaments and muscles, organs formed together Cells dancing together, joined together harmoniously into the, your brain, 
your kidneys, your lungs, your nails, your hair, your bones, your lashes, your eyes, your optics, the light receptors, it's bright up here, your muscles. You know, the intricate part of your eardrum itself has muffled sounds through the water. You guys can hear that. Your, your strong legs sometimes stretch outward. You know, the psalmist here calls these precious thoughts. And he says this in verse 17 here. And there's too many to count. He says this, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. That means that each and every one of you this morning are, is all expiring. You're not just a random accident. You're here for a reason. You're carefully fashioned product of an architect that is, you know, he's amazing who never uses the same blueprint. It's different each time. You are unique. I'm unique. So now, what do we do, or what do we think about our bodies? Whatever you think, God thinks is great. It's a piece of art. It's a masterpiece. But we are not likely our problem. We are. We are. You know, by any standard, we pilot this amazing biological machine. Yet we have, at certain times, been a rather ungrateful inhabitant as we give in to sin. We damage it. At times, looking around at what's out there, we would gladly have traded for one that was somewhat maybe stronger, maybe some, a body that's taller, thinner, maybe better looking. You know, thinking in my imagination, I could have maybe received a little bit better. But there's a reason why God has given us this body. But what of those who are struggling physically? Are they a, a, are a mistake? Are they a mistake? No. In God's eyes, they too are wonderful. They're beautiful, purposeful, amazing people. It's our mind that we are the problem. Being too judgmental. You know, sometimes we get too judgmental. We compare ourselves very easily to other people. There was a time when I went to the gym and I had a conversation with one guy that was doing exercises next to me. He said, I asked him a question. Why do you exercise? Because he wants to be perfect. He wants to look perfect. He wants to have the biggest muscles. He wants the biggest legs. He wants to be the fittest person. And that made me think a little bit. Perfect. Can we obtain a perfect body? You know, it's not perfection that's the standard. In Genesis, if you look in Genesis, God pronounces his work on humans as very good. That's what he says. Perfection 
is for a future time and place when we will be better equipped to handle it. So let's remember that. You know, one day we'll see Jesus and we will have new bodies, right? And be with him in glory. Here's the second thing that we need to see as we experience God in the body. We need to start shaping up a better body image of yourself. So how do I start thinking about me like God thinks about me? I came across a verse which talks about, initially talks about the application of food. But it appears this large principle that applies to all creation. It's taken from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4. And Paul says this, for everything God created is good. View my body as good. View your body as good. What does good mean? It means useful. It means positive. It means valuable, even holy. All things, all good things are from God and for his purpose. Anything good can be holy. There's a group of people known as the Gnostics. Okay, they believe that the body was evil and the spirit good. But God's word says your body can also be reclaimed for good. Another verse makes it pretty clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15. It says this, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Your body is just not a, a, a mass of flesh and bones or some organic concoction. Your body is valuable to God and to you. You are the image of God, connected to Christ. You, are, you have this responsibility to treat your body well. I know sometimes it's hard to treat our body well. Yesterday we had a, a next-gen ice cream crawl, and we had a, a, quite a bit of ice cream. <laughs> so it's a little bit, is that good for your body? Yeah, maybe once in a while. But it was a good opportunity. But anyways, how do you treat your body? We're responsible for that. God has given us this body to, to be taken care of. Your body is sacred instrument to be employed in worship. And that's why we worship here this morning. If you value something in your, say for instance, you value something in your house, you will make sure it doesn't get scratched up. Or even a new car, right? You clean it, you wash it, you make sure it's all waxed up and shiny. You don't want to scratch on it. You take care of it as if it was your, your, your child, your baby, right? If you view your body as good, as set apart for God, you will look after it with more than any passing interest. In fact, if you abuse your body or neglect it, you will feel terrible about yourself. God loves you in your body. It's so precious to him as a part of who you are. You know, sometimes we nitpick our body parts. We're like, I reject this body. I don't like my legs. I don't like my arms. I don't like my hands. I don't like my ears. You know, everything God created is good, nothing to be rejected. You might think my, my ears, my arms, my lips are okay, but I hate my nose. I don't really like my eyebrows because you can't really see them. Right? I was looking through a magazine the other time, not because of how I should look, 
but because of how we're supposed to look. And you can see there's a lot of ads. When you go on your computer, you look at one ad, then it, it shows up on Facebook. Like, how do these ads come up? This, this is happily up here. Because you've been looking at these ads on the internet, and it shows up on your, your profile. So I was looking at it through this magazine, and I was like, there's tons of ads and articles about like plastic surgery, lashes extensions, hair color, makeup. I don't know this, but I, I saw an article talking about mascara can give you 16 times bigger lashes. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but it sounds pretty interesting. I would think you would have to do lash exercises to just get them that big. There was an ad I saw for shiny skin. Uh, people want shiny skin. I don't know how that works, but one of the things that they say is control what you can was with their slogan. Control what you can. Basically implies that the rest of you can't control what you got. You know, back in the day, fathers used to say this, that put some hair on your chest, son, whatever it is. And their sons were happy. They're like, ah, oh, yeah, I got hair on my chest. I can't get hair on my chest, to be honest. But, <laughs> you know, these days, there are sons who run to the other direction to get their, their chest hair waxed. Like, what's going on? I'm not saying it's right or wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But there's a heavy emphasis on looks that is out of whack. It's, it's totally out of whack. What has our world become? What looks good is usually a cultural matter. Okay? And what happens in our culture is easy, easily explainable. You know, they, they want our, our attention, they want our, our money. If they can make you feel unhappy, they, they just grab your money. There's one study that was recently done that we are bombarded with a thousand ads on beauty products a week. Man. Not liking your face, your skin, your limbs will not change them. Learn to accept them. Learn to embrace them. Learn to accept what God accepts. Reject what God rejects. You'll be much happier. Thank God for our bodies. Nothing is to be rejected. It's to be received with thanksgiving. It's from God. The psalmist also declares this. He says, I will praise you because I'm so well made. Can you do that? Can you leave this place this morning and realize that you are made for him? Can you say this morning, God, thank you for making me so superbly. Thank you for making me so beautiful and wondrous. It might sound kind of proud, but if you're comparing yourself to others, but if you're giving God the credit for his work, it's pure worship. Even those parts you don't like much, what's wrong? Don't they work at all? 
Or are you judging on the basis of appearance? Now, whose standard are you using? Is it your standard? Is it, is it society's standards? Whose standard are you using? You know, I never like my calves, my legs. Okay, I'm, I'm exposing myself in front of everyone. But this is the body. I never like, did like my legs or calves. Compared to others, they looked small and weird. And I can admit that. When I was a teenager wearing shorts, I would avoid showing my legs in front of girls, right? But everyone knows that no girl would like a guy with ugly legs or chicken legs. That made me very, it made me very hard. It was a struggle for me. It made it hard for me to sit down. <laughs> but today, I thank God for my legs. They work fine. I'm able to walk. And praise the Lord for that. I don't have to hide them. Maybe it's everyone else has bad legs and I have the good legs. There's one author that said this, he says this, if only the people who worry about their liabilities would think about the riches they do possess, they would stop worrying. Would you sell both your eyes for a million dollars or your legs or your hands or your hearing, add up what you have and you'll find that you won't sell them for the, all the gold in the world. The best thing in life are yours. You know, beauty is not confined to a few people, okay? It's not, it's, it's all of us, we're all beautiful. I don't know if you guys remember the Dove commercial, the Dove soap commercials. They did a campaign many years ago about beauty, showing that ordinary people with ordinary bodies has created quite a stir back then. I don't know if you guys remember. It was a big thing. Having read what they said, I think they were very sincere in trying to change some of the stereotypes back then. Of course, I think they were selling more soap. You know, by not making me into this, this model, which I'm not, God has preserved me for something I already struggle with, is pride. Pride. He gave us, he gave me a body best suited for me. So we need to understand that we have this understanding of our, our personal body image. Sometimes we, we degrade it. We make it like it's not great, but it's God's creation. God created you that way. Here's the third thing I want to share. How do we experience God in our bodies is to offer prayer of dedication. You can accept your body with thanksgiving especially as you believe what God has already said about it, as you offer it back to him. Because it is made holy by the word of God in prayer. Your body is beautiful, wonderful agent that you can give back to God for his use. 
So we pray, God, use my appearance, use my hands, use my feet, use my lips as I speak to you, use my eyes as I see, use my ears as I listen, so that he can make a better world, a better place for good. Thank God, God through, I'm, you know, we're ordinary people, but something ordinary can be outstanding. You know, beauty is much more than just skin deep. You know, some physically attractive people house selfish spirit, and that can be dangerous. Maybe less attractive people radiate such beauty that, you know, they celebrate this dedication, that difference. Pray for new eyes. See what God sees. Beauty rests not so much in the object viewed as in the one doing the viewing. You know, there's so much beauty in you if you will see it. And don't be discouraged. This morning or this day may be a good one to rededicate your body. I know that sounds kind of weird, but it's his body. You know, while many people this morning may sleep off the effects of last night, you know, you pilot your bodies here to learn how to love God better. You know, one of the best songs I know of this sort of dedication is an old hymn. It's taken from uh, Take My Life and Let It Be. I don't know, I don't know if uh, any of you know this hymn, but it's, it's one of the classics. I just want to read it for us as we kind of think about our bodies and how we experience that with God. It says, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in endless praise. Let them flow in endless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Swift and beautiful for thee. And of course it goes on. This may be very hard for some of you to do. But I would like to say, if you guys can say this with me, I am a wonderful creation. Thank you for every part of me. I'm sorry for rejecting what you've created. As I close here, I want to share one more verse. It's taken from Romans 12, verse 1. I love your mercy, so I offer my bodies, or my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you as a spiritual act of worship. If you want to physically express 
something to God in worship, do it. After I pray and close here, I want to invite, as we respond to the song, I want to invite you, if you guys feel like standing, stand. If you guys want to kneel, kneel. No one's watching you. Or you can just stand where you are or sit or bow with your head down. Even raise your hand and praise. We are using our body to experience God. Amen? Let God see your movements. And he will rejoice in you for that. He's given you these bodies, even though you're, if you're young or old or, you know, you can't make sudden movements, but hey, you're moving a little bit, right? So God sees those. That's how we experience God in the body. Our movements as we spend time with him, our worship together as we sing, all these things. Let me pray.